a sudden stop for you, huh? <laughs> Didn't really gracefully do that, did I? <laughs> Welcome to the Wicked Awesome Podcast. This is Matt, aka Brother Wicked. And tonight we're going to do a review of Bo- Bruce Springsteen's Born in the USA. Let me invite RJ Keller in as a speaker, as she will be co-hosting with me. Hello, RJ Keller. How are you? Hello. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing very well. And uh, quite excited to do this album. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, you made the, you made the request, request a long time ago to uh, review this album. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm glad that uh, we have a good rapport together, you and I, I I've been told. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Are you still there? Oh, yes, I am. Actually, yeah. I, I should probably get my um, headset and microphone. I think it worked better that way last time now that I think about it. Oh, uh, yeah. You got to have a headset. Yeah, I'm going to get that and plug it on in. That'll make it easy. As you do that, I'm going to welcome Sergeant Williams into the studio. Uh, We're going to do, we're going to be reviewing Fatal Attraction and Revenge of the Nerds and decide if they stand the test of time. We're going to be doing that. Uh, It's scheduled a week from today, uh, but last time I knew she, she, Sergeant Williams was having a hard time getting a copy of Revenge of the Nerds. Uh, so we'll see. That might be uh, delayed. Uh, welcome in, Father Brian, Lady Brecca. Uh, we have AJ Keller here. She's getting headphones. There. Does that sound a little better? Yep. Yep. Much awesome. better. Awesome. Much better. Yeah. I knew there what was something I was forgetting. <laughs> yeah. What happens is uh, there's an echo if uh, people don't use headphones. Uh, oh, so, right. Yeah, That makes sense. Exactly. Okay, so um, let me ask you, uh, what's your attraction to this album, or what made you want to review this album? Well, I will tell you, this. It, I, it, I was 13 and a half when it came out, and it was just one of those like life-changing moments for me, to be perfectly honest. Um, my first, I mean, I, I knew who Bruce Springsteen was even as a 13 year old, but, um, this was my first real introduction to his stuff. And of course it was dancing in the dark, that famous video. And I just had this instant attraction to the song because, you know, it was very pop ish with all the synthesizers and the drum beats and all that. But it was just such a like a rough and tumble song. And I don't know, for some reason at 13 and a half, like that juxtaposition, juxtaposition of, you know, the, the, the music with the lyrics and just how very different they were from each other. And of course, you know, Bruce Springsteen's ass probably being on the cover 
of the album didn't hurt either. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's not lie. Um, you know, he was hot and all that stuff, but I don't know. It was just, there was something about that song. And then when I got the album, none of the other songs were like that. Like there, there wasn't, I mean, there was some synths on it, but it wasn't like, all, it wasn't all like dancing in the dark. And like I said, it just blew my mind and I can't, uh, explain. I just, I feel the same way about it now, probably just because, you know, of the emotions that get tied in, you know, with your first like experience like that with music. So sure. I guess that's it. <laughs> sure. I, um, I asked for this cassette, uh, the Christmas of 1985. So the album had been out for a while at that point. Was right. It? No, actually, no, it's Christmas of 1984. It was a oh, okay. Yeah, because I would have been in eighth grade. And mm. yeah, so it was about the year was about ready to change to 1985. So it would have been 1984. So it was still relatively new because it came out in yeah. June of 1984. And yep. as I was mentioning in the pre-show, as we we're listening, to, a few of us were listening to the album. Mm. I listened to this tape a lot over two years. I mean, I didn't have many tapes and that was part of the reason, but <laughs> yeah, uh, when I went back and listened to it this past week, I'm like, holy shit, I know these songs really, really well. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really, really well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, but uh, as I'm doing some research into this, I remember at the time, that this album had a lot of singles. It had seven mm. top 10 singles. Yes. And there are only two other albums that had as many. One was Thriller. Mm, yep. And the other one, which took me by surprise a little bit, is uh, Janet Jackson's uh, Rhythm Nation, 1814. And I'm like, huh? Really? Oh, wow. Yes. Now that was, what was that, 89 or 90? That but, was, it uh, came out in 89, and, okay, uh, yeah. this, and the single spanned uh, 89 to 91, and I'm like, no kidding, because, and then I went back, <sighs> and I looked, and I'm like, I don't remember half of those songs. I mean, <laughs> it's weird. Uh, but, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, let's go through, what we'll do is we'll go through a track, per track listing of these songs, and yeah, uh, give our opinions of them. Then at the end, we'll do a one through ten rating. Uh, Ooh, okay. That's typically what we do on these rev album review shows. That sounds good to me. But uh, it starts off with the title track "Born on the Born in the USA." Uh, before I give my opinions on this song, I welcome your opinion. Honestly, um, I friggin' love this song. Um, like I was saying, when, when I first bought the album, well, actually it wasn't even the album. I also first bought the cassette. Then I bought the album. Then I bought the album twice so I could hang his ass on my wall. So that's a thing. But anyway, yeah, um, but when yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, like that, you know, <laughs> I really did. It was, there was a thing, you know, but anyway, um, um, no, but this song, when I first put that cassette tape in the second I got home, it just, it blew me away. It's like, it starts out, you know, like that. And um, I don't know, just the, I mean, obviously what the song is about is so meaningful. Um, my dad fought in Vietnam. My uncle did. Um, and I just like immediately recognized what it was about. 
Um, and I, I, I don't know. And I think it's more powerful now than it was even then, considering everything we've been through um, as a country. But um, anyway, just uh, also, I'm a, I'm, I'm a bit of a fangirl, so I probably won't be as, um, you know, um, even handed as you. Objective. <laughs> that's yes. So that's the thing. There, there, there's, there's only one song on this album I'm not really a fan of. I will I just think, tell you that. And we'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, when it comes up. Well, I'll tell you this. This is my least favorite song on the album. Oh, and, my God. That's so funny. <laughs> and I almost, almost hate it. I will say oh, that. Wow. Yeah. I didn't like it really that much back in the day. And uh-huh. when I listen to it now, I'm like, uh, you know, it does have some meaning to it because it is about Vietnam vets that yeah. came back, had nothing weren't acknowledged uh, for the fact that they were serving their country and, you know, had nothing. So it's like, hey, you fuckers, I was born here. God damn you. Right? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So it has, I mean, I like that message, but also it's been misinterpreted by so many right-wing politicians to this day. And it's just that's, like, stop it. <laughs> that's what cracks me up is, like I said, I was 13 the first time I heard it, and I totally got it. So how can you be, you know, an adult <laughs> and not get it? Um, I think, obviously, it was just because, you know, the, the the chorus, born in the USA, and it sounds all raucous and stuff. And so it sounds like just kind of a mindless, patriotic kind of rally cry when it's the exact, I mean, not that it's not patriotic, but it's not like a jingoistic kind of thing like it's been misinterpreted as exactly it's like uh the reagan campaign during the 1984 Mm. election they tried to get bruce springsteen uh bruce springsteen's permission so they could use a song and he's like right no (laughs) (laughs) No, oh my gosh nice try (laughs) then ronald reagan had the audacity to use the the song in a speech he just mentioned it yes. mentioned that it was by bruce springsteen bruce springsteen's like you can't do that <laughs> yeah then like, walter mondale <laughs> then walter mondale who's a democratic candidate said oh geez i'm so so proud to be endorsed by bruce springsteen he's like i'm not <laughs> i'm not endorsing you, <laughs> you freaking I- weirdo. I just think politicians should just stay away from from like rock songs. Just just don't do it. I mean, exactly. Just don't. Exactly. I mean, Bill Clinton used um, "Don't Stop Believing." Uh, don't stop. Thinking uh, don't about stop tomorrow. thinking about tomorrow. Yeah, that was actually that was a good use of that song. It's yeah. well, it's a good song, but I mean, like the song is about you know, I mean, a relationship that's breaking up, which has literally nothing to do with. I don't think anything. Well, but I digress. <laughs> uh, so that's another Lindsay Buckingham. Uh, uh, Jesus, what the hell's her name? Stevie Nicks. Thank you. Gee, I'm, I'm here telling for you. you, I'm losing it. I'm losing <laughs> it. Yeah, they that that they did a whole album of yes. uh, how they hated each other and some yeah, rumors. That's yeah. such a great album. <laughs> that is a good album. I love that album. Yeah, actually, yeah. Yeah, Stevie uh, Murderer. Now, that's kind of an interesting name. Murderer is uh, in the live studio. So I'm thinking to myself, We uh, that, uh, anyway, that's kind of an unusual name. 
But he said, I guess. Stevie, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stevie F'd everybody. Stevie did. Yeah, Stevie. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Stevie, yeah, Stevie did have a lot of sex. Uh, yep. With, and yeah, a lot of cocaine. Yeah. And a lot of cocaine. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, it was and the good, 70s. Exactly. And like Sergeant Williams says, good for her. Exactly. Absolutely. Yes. Good for her. You know. Absolutely. I'm sure Lindsey Buckingham slept around too. And, Thank you. you. Know, exactly. <laughs> and exactly. Mick Fleetwood and oh, you know, yeah. all those dudes. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Most recently, born in the USA, when uh, Trump was in the hospital with COVID, there mm -hmm. was like some idiot blaring it on his stereo outside of Walter Reed Hospital. It's just oh, like, my God. I mean, how cheesy <laughs> can you freaking get? It's That's like, awful. That is wow. awful. Yeah. All right. Um, oh, oh, I wanted to mention, if, did, do you know the movie Canadian Bacon? It was the only... It was John oh. Candy's John Candy's last movie, and Mike Myers directed it. It's the only time Mike Myers. Uh, oh, wait, I didn't know that. Michael That's Michael Moore. Sorry, Michael. Moore. Oh, okay. Is Michael that the one Moore. where the U.S. invades Canada? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes, I saw that when it first came out. Yeah, and I just remember that scene of like four guys in a pickup truck, Americans. <laughs> You know, with their hunting rifles, driving into Canada, singing "Born in the <laughs> U.S." And they—it's the only lyric they know. They, they the know, <laughs> yes. so that's all they're singing. To I me, had completely nice. forgotten about that. Oh my god! <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, so I guess, and also, it did spawn the parody "Born in East L.A." by Cheech yes. Marin. So, yes. so for that reason, I guess I I have some appreciation <laughs> of this. <laughs> all right. Yeah, I'm surprised that song doesn't come up more often with all the immigration issues that we have. Oh, uh, yeah, you know, probably just as well. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right, next song is Cover Me. Um, Cover I'll start Me. With this one. Cover Me is a freaking awesome song. Love yeah. this song. I play it in a cover band. It has guitar solos at, in the middle, in the end. Um as Springsteen gets older, too, he has become a better guitar player. And if you YouTube this song, there's a live version of Bruce Springsteen, the E Street Band, doing this song. And he and little Steven are trading off on guitar solos. And it's something Ooh. to watch. It's just like, holy shit. I definitely want to see that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, this song just, to me, is just kind of like straightforward rock and roll and makes me want to dance a little bit and um, yep. as a musician i just like it i just like it yeah yeah and what's your opinion of cover me this it's my favorite song on the album actually cover me is and it's odd because my favorite version of the song is actually on the live uh 75 uh 75 through 85 um oh, yeah. that that I live album that. that he put out that's such a great version of it um patty i Patty Skelfia, uh, right. Is that yeah. how you say her name? <laughs> his, yeah. his now wife um, mm -hmm. just sings this intro on it that is just awesome. But um, no, this it, this is like a pure, awesome, just rock and roll record uh, song. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And I know the I was thinking of that version today, actually, when I listened to it again. I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I remember yeah. that. Yeah, And I, I actually had 
that uh what was it 75 through 83 i actually had the cassettes for that uh, yes yep yeah, me too yeah, i yeah. i um it's it's i think that's my favorite actually thing to just listen to of of, of springsteen is just that album yeah 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 so yeah it's really and, uh, not much go ahead oh i was gonna say i um i did not know this until today because i was like kind of doing a little research on the you know because i'm the kind of person i just want to listen to the songs i'm not a i'm going to dig into everything kind of person but i thought mm -hmm. since i'm going to be reviewing it i would and i found out today this song was originally he wrote it for donna summer not for himself and he was talked into recording it for this album no kidding yeah isn't that something he said that he um he felt like um the anti-disco movement uh like of the late 70s was really kind of racist and he really dug donna summer and so he wrote the song for her but then he recorded it himself no kidding that's interesting yeah isn't that cool yeah well that the song hungry heart was originally supposed to be for the ramones of all people and what he, oh my god yeah, i had yeah. no idea yeah yeah that's and, cool yeah, and the, it would have been cool if the Ramones actually did a version of it, but they never did. But yeah, ah oh, man, that would have been yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's yeah. I wonder with disco because you go back and you listen to some of the disco songs, and a lot of them were really good. Yes, there are a lot of people that say homophobia also played mm. a factor in the death of disco. Uh, I because, I think that's definitely true. Yeah. I would say so because that's yeah. kind of where it got its like inception. And then, uh, yeah, I, I, I think that's true. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I do as well. Uh, hey, Stout just entered the live studio. He may join Wicked. in. Wicked, yeah. He's a he's a Jersey guy, and I know he likes some Springsteen, so he might check cool. in later. Yeah. Uh, Darlington County. What is your opinion of Darlington County? I think this is basically a nice, fun kind of country rock song. Um, it's got kind of a, uh, I, I like songs with a story. This has got it. <laughs> um, it's, it's got humor. Um, I, I like it. I like, I, I like the, I like the kind of the humor in it, especially to be honest. I like the fact that it just tells a stories, a story about two guys getting together and just raising a little bit of hell. And it could yeah. be like any two buddies just hopping in the car and, just working together, just kind of finding their way in life. It could just, it could be any two just American guys that yep. are just like out of school, hopping in the car and just exploring the world in front of them. Yeah, um, it really feels like a road song, like the whole sha la 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 la. That right. part, it just, it feels like the windows are down. You're just sort of cranking the tunes, and you know the winds blaring in the uh blasting in the car it's just i don't know a lot of fun right it is a lot of fun and that sha la 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 yeah. la 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 yeah it's just a la. nice sing-along kind of song it's happy yep. and it, yeah it reminds you of summer yeah as you said rolling down the windows absolutely man yep. you know uh, evading the police officers because you're probably <laughs> drinking and driving and as uh, one does you know <laughs> <laughs> not that i'm trying to make light of drinking and driving kids nope. don't drink don't and drink drive. and drive <laughs> don't drink and drive it's and remember drive. buzzed driving is drunk driving yeah buzz driving drunk driving don't do it <laughs> yes <sir. laughs> 
Oh. I think I remember a guy saying, oh, I can't, yeah. This actually was uh, told to me by somebody. I don't believe it, but it was probably one of the most offensive things I've ever heard in my life. Oh, my. Here it is. This guy said to me one time, I can drive better after drinking a 12-pack than most women can. Oh, my God. Oh, boy. That was bad. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. wasn't even worth repeating. I should edit. <laughs> it's all yeah. good. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> working for the high. Um, working on, is it working for the highway or working on the highway? Uh, working on the working highway. on the highway. Working on the highway. Black top. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, really good song. Again, just a classic, simple rock and roll tune. You think of like yep. Eddie Cochran and yes. Summertime Blues, uh, that type of thing, and th- th- that song is just like okay obviously inspired by that type of early rock and roll, simple, straightforward, good song. Yep. Absolutely. Um, I always want to hear the girl's point of view on the song though. (laughs) Okay. And I want you to elaborate on that because honestly, I don't know if I know the lyrics to this song that well. So go ahead. Well, if I remember correctly, he's working on the highway because he was arrested. Uh, there, there, there's talk of a girl that, that he met back home, wherever this is. And uh, one day he looked straight at her and she looked straight back. And so they, he went to her dad and was like, hey, I'd like to see your daughter. And he was like, no, I'm assuming because there was an arrest made in the song that she's underage. Um, so I just... It always makes me wonder, you know, these songs are so often, almost always told from either the guy's point of view or the dad's or the brother's or whoever, and never from, you know, hers. So I always just want to kind of hear that part of it, you know. They they should do a, a, a woman should do an album that answers the questions uh, that you just Hmm. set out there for songs such as this. Uh, You know, I will say that I, I, don't know music well enough, but I could probably write the lyrics. <laughs> I'm sure you could. <laughs> I'm sure you could. There you go. Then you just have to uh, have someone else. Uh, that's right. Them. Yeah, yeah. That's that's that, what that's what we got to do, Matt. Is um, I'll write the lyrics, you write the music, and you and Stout and all those guys can perform all the songs. And basically, it's just going to be this wicked awesome. Exactly. Um, yeah, there you go. You know, there music you situation. Yeah, <laughs> it could be Eric Stout. Uh, yep. Bob, Alan, myself, and then we'll have a really cool female singer, maybe our friend Jen, and she can sing all these uh, Springsteen songs from a uh, women's point of view. That we could do that, it that way. would be rad. Yeah. Uh, have you seen the Alanis Morissette documentary yet on HBO? Oh, I haven't. Uh, I didn't know there was it, one. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. You should see it. But Ooh, I definitely uh, will. Yeah, basically the whole it's. The uh, focus is on Jagged Little Pill, that album that put her into mm-hmm. superstardom. Uh, really yep. good album. And oh, yeah. Anyway, uh, the band that she p- played with, that she toured with, were all guys. And mm-hmm. here it is, this album, and this woman who's singing like all these kind of angry songs, and really just a powerful female voice. Um, and basically, yes... 
I'm a woman. I have sex. If you break my heart, fuck you. You're an asshole. Blah, blah, blah. (laughs) That, you know, in men, you womanizing and egotistical jerks, blah, blah, blah. So while they're on tour, guess what all the guys in the band do? They like sleep with groupies like, oh, my God. (laughs) And she finds out she finds out. And understandably yep. gets like really, really pissed. You know? Yep. It's, oh, I definitely yeah. want to see this. Oh, definitely. Uh, it, no, but if I saw her do a concert and it was pretty impressive. Oh, okay. So Stout actually saw Alanis Morissette. I wouldn't oh, mind cool. seeing Alanis Morissette in concert, actually. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I really dig her. I do too. Yeah. So that's interesting. Okay. So he's working on the highway because he was arrested for statutory rape. <laughs> That's kind of the, the, the subtext of the song. <laughs> I see. I see. Wow. No, no. Yeah. Okay. That, yeah. The, I don't know if you can write songs like that anymore. Uh, um, I think it would have to take a slightly different tack. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 I get arrested for, uh, it can't be OUI. Uh, I get a, can't be statutory rape. What is a good thing to get arrested for these days? Uh, oh, um, let me think. Urinating on the sidewalk? No, because that would <laughs> that would be exhibitionism. And you'd be yep. kind of a perv. Yep, uh, you'd probably get on the sex offender registry and everything. Uh, public disobedience. There you go. Maybe okay, like, cool. So, some form of uh, protest. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. All right. <laughs> Uh, the next song is "Downbound Train." Um, is this is this my turn to go first? I lost track. I believe it is. I'm, I have a lot to say about this song, but go right oh, ahead. then 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 you should go first because I only have no, a little no, bit to say. No, I want you to. I want you to. <laughs> um, I I like this song. I it's weird because to me it, it musically it fits the, with the whole synth das, dan- dancing in the dark type of stuff, but the lyrics are really like downer like nebraska kind of downer so um I, I like it but i'm almost wondering if this is one of those songs that might have worked better if it was not so like organ synth heavy mm-hmm. you know like maybe acoustic or something but that that's just me i mean i like i said i like the song but i'm i, I would love to hear a version of it that was maybe stripped down a little bit i see i see and that's that's an interesting take, and I could see like how an acoustic version of this could be better. Back in the day, it was after maybe a year and a half of owning this album, it became my favorite song on the album. Hmm. Up until this past week, I thought that maybe it still was. Then I really listened to the lyrics, and... I'm, I don't know what the word is, maybe perplexed, because this song, and I can't think of any other song where I see absolute brilliance and then I see absolute dog shit at the same time. <laughs> okay, and let me explain that. First of all, the guy in the song ends up having three jobs. He starts off working in a car wash. Where all it ever does is rain. And, Sorry. Oh, and that gets to my point. Okay. Actually, I got laid off. No, it started off. He got laid off at the lumber yard. 
Yes. Then he went to the car wash, and then he went to. Uh, oh, then he was pounding railroad ties. Mm. Okay. The lyric that you just mentioned. Now I'm working down at the car wash where all it ever does is rain. I'm thinking to myself, that is the stupidest freaking line <laughs> in a song that I could possibly ever, ever imagine. I mean, that's like third, a third grader just wrote that. I mean, you're one of the best American songwriters ever, and you just put that shit in a song? It's like... I kind of get it because there's a theme of rain in here. He mentions the word rain three times, but it's just like I work down the car wash where all it ever does is rain. It's like, can you think of something else? I it work down the train. car wash and it fucking <laughs> sucks. I mean, that, I'd rather hear that. It's like, ugh. I mean, and then, okay, so you got laid off the lumber yard. Um, and now you go to the car wash and then in the end of the song, he's pounding railroad ties. Why, why isn't he working at the car wash still? You know? <laughs> he must've got tired of getting rained on. <laughs> well, even pounding railroad ties, he said he's working in the freaking rain. It's That's like, very like true. He can't escape the rain no matter where he is. It's like, Jesus. <laughs> but the brilliance is when the song just stops and there's very light music in the background. It's last night I heard your voice. You were crying. You were so alone. You said your loved had never died. You were waiting for me at home. I put on my jacket. I ran through the woods. I ran till I thought my chest would explode. Then in a clearing beyond the highway, in the moonlight, our wedding house shone. I rushed through the yard. I burst through the front door. My head pounding hard, upstairs I climbed. The room was dark, our bed was empty. Then I heard that lone whistle whine. And I dropped to my knees, hung my head, and cried. Now, if that doesn't pull your pants down and taunt you, I don't know what will. <laughs> yeah, that is that is some beautiful stuff right there, for real. <laughs> it, it is, and it's like a dream sweep. It's, it's like a yes. dream that he had. And when I think of Bruce Springsteen, I mean... Bruce Springsteen, uh, Bob Dylan often get compared. To mm. me, they're different in the sense that Bob Dylan is more poetic. Bruce Springsteen's more of a storyteller. Mm -hmm. And what I just recited there was poetic. I mean, yes. that's Bruce Springsteen being poetic. And I'm like, and I, that's what I really appreciate about this song. Um, so, but it's weird because I just mentioned that car wash line. That bugs me. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah. And then I'm like, keep a job, God damn you. No wonder your wife left you. <laughs> and you kind of get a better job than working at a fucking car wash, man. Jesus. <laughs> uh, yeah, again, wait, I want to hear a song from the wife's point of view. It's absolutely. Like, and you know what? I, I now I really think I've got to I've got to work on this. I'm just going to have to tell the women's point of view on all these songs. On all these songs, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and we finish side one with the ultimate stalker song of all time. <laughs> I'm on fire. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
so I listened to this and I'm thinking to myself, oh, geez, this could be like a script for like a dial M for murder or scream <laughs> or something at the beginning. Hey, little girl, is, is your, your daddy, daddy home? Oh, and I have to say, I hate that expression so much. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your daddy or is your daddy? I'm like, oh, my God. No. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> Did he go and leave you all alone? <laughs> You know, you could totally, it's like, this song's creepy as shit. <laughs> it, it very much is, especially in the, that beginning part. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And tell me now, dead, now tell me now, baby, is he good to you? Can he, I mean, I hope your dad doesn't have sex with you. I mean, <laughs> I don't yeah. think you would ask that to anyone. <laughs> that, like, that's why I'm not really a fan of that whole like line of whatevering. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. But oddly enough, I kind of like this song. Honestly, so do I. <laughs> as long as I don't think about it too much. <laughs> Which I suppose, you know, is yeah. what you can say about a lot of music. Then he's waking up with his sheets wet. It's like, what did you do? Just piss yourself? <laughs> now, mean... now, speaking of poetic lines, though, so I... I pulled out a line that I thought was very poetic in this song. Um, not like moving in poetic, but just kind of like, I don't know. It, it's like someone took a knife, baby, edgy and dull and cut a six inch valley through the middle of my skull. I'm oh, sorry. Wow. That's friggin' awesome. Like that's an awesome rock line. I think it is. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's like, yeah. And what it means exactly. You can think about, all, you know, because you don't know it exactly what it means. So, you, yeah, it's one of those things you just kind of sit on mm. and think about. It. Yep, yeah, exactly. Like yeah. Yeah. As, as Sergeant Williams just said, seriously, good imagery in that line. It is. It yes. does. It stays with you. It yep. stays with you. Absolutely. Yep, yeah. definitely. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's a stalker song. It's uh, creepy. <laughs> and we like it. Yep. Yep, listen to it a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Listen to it a lot. So that concludes side one of Born in the USA. So the first song on side two, No Surrender. I believe it's your turn to give your opinion on this. This to me is a great one. It's like very reminiscent, you know, 50s and 60s. I love the nostalgia of it. Um, I also like Little Steven really loved this song. um, And he was the one who convinced uh, Springsteen to keep it in the album. Cause at first um, Bruce was like, Nope, I'm not going to put it in. Cause he was not really thrilled with the song, but little Steven was like, you have to put this in there. And he did. And I'm so glad because I really, really like this one. And I think the live album that we just mentioned uh, is just Bruce Springsteen singing at Al Capella. Yes. It? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I like the song, too, for the same reasons that you just did, because it it is reminiscent of uh, kids back in the late 50s, maybe early 60s, mm. and uh, listening to, uh, you know, 45 records. And I mm-hmm. guess the only thing that confuses me about it is uh, the promise that they made, no retreat, baby, no surrender. I don't know what that means exactly. I mean, what are they not retreating to? What are they not surrendering to? Uh, Hmm. I think I think I've always kind of interpreted it just as that sort of, you know, that like childhood, like if you've got your group of buddies or whatever, like, you know, what it actually makes me think of is stand by me. <laughs> like, it, it, like, yes. like, yes. <laughs> like, like that kind of thing. And, and it's funny because this was not in that movie, but 
anytime I think of Stand By Me, I think of this song and vice versa. And you guys just did that movie a little while ago, right? Yeah, we did. We did. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny because I I thought the same exact thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it does. It has that type of uh, feel to it. And yeah. Uh, yeah. And it does bring you back to that time in the 1988 presidential election. And I remember this back at the time because I read it in the paper when Michael Dukakis announced that Lloyd Benson was going to be his running mate. Lloyd Benson was quoted as saying, no retreat, baby, no surrender. <laughs> and everyone said, oh, that's from a Springsteen song. But I don't know if he knew that or not. But Oh, my gosh, that is funny. They should yeah. just that's what I'm saying. These politicians need to stay away from the songs. Just stay away <laughs> from the songs. If the politicians come to you and want to sing, <laughs> right. then that's different. That's different. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, which brings me to another <laughs> documentary I've been watching. <laughs> so I watched the Alanis Morissette documentary on HBO, and then I went to the Kenny G one. And uh, there's a yeah. Kenny G documentary. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, there is, and it's actually well done because they're oh wow okay they're exploring you know what what is why is it that so many people hate this guy, but yeah <laughs> he sells so many freaking albums so that right. But he played at uh, Clinton's inauguration because, come to find out, Kenny G is Bill Clinton's favorite saxophone player. It's like, oh, oh okay. Yeah. So Interesting. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I'll make further comments about that maybe on Tuesday because I haven't finished the documentary yet. But it's like, it's just reinforcing the reason. There's so many things in this documentary that just are reinforcing the fact that I despise Kenny G. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, what's and, funny is I don't have any strong feelings one way, one way or the other, but now I want to watch this documentary to see if I will have strong feelings about him one way or the other afterwards. <laughs> one, yeah, yeah. One thing uh, they flash to Norm Macdonald doing the weekend update back in the day, mm -hmm. and I love Norm Macdonald. And yes, uh, th yeah. this and what this was this week. Uh, Kenny G just released a, a Christmas album. So anyway, uh, happy birthday, Jesus. Hope you like crap. <laughs> <laughs> you It'll know, you sounded like Norm, Norm MacDonald right there. So that was a very good impression of him. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> uh, Bobby Jean, uh, your turn. Okay. Um, this one's okay. Like, I, I, I like it. And I think the reason I like it is because... I know that it was written about um, little Steven or Steve Van Zant because he was leaving the E Street Band and um, Springsteen wrote it about him. Um, it's like I said, it's, it's an OK song. It's it's not my my favorite. Um, I, I like kind of the bittersweet feeling that it has on it, but I think it just musically a little dull for me personally. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. the lyrics I like. The late, yeah, and that was that was kind of my notes on it. I didn't realize it was about mm. Little Stephen. Very good job yeah. doing research on it. Yeah, yeah. It to me, it, it it's a little flat. It's okay lyrically. It's good as you mentioned. Uh, one thing I did find out that this is a popular track 
that he does live. I mean, it's one of his more oh, most well really? received. Yeah, which is oh, which wow. I'm like, yeah, he plays it like every tour because people like it. So, but maybe live they do an extended version of it. Uh, yeah. You, you can hear his emotion in the vocals, so I'm sure that comes out to a live audience. So right, and and maybe that's the difference. I just um, I guess I mean it's it's not like I skip over the song wh- when I'm listening to the whole album. I will listen to it, but it's just one of those that kind of plays in the background for me. Right, right, yeah, right, exactly. And a lot of some of my criticism with the E Street E Street Band is that it sounds like it's too much. Where a lot of times I just want to hear bass, guitar, drums, and vocals. Mm, right. It, these songs come in. It's like horns. It's like <laughs> synthesizer. It's piano. It's just like okay. It it just and uh, the River album to me is like that, and it's hard for me to listen to a lot of times because it just all comes at you at once like this full orchestra, and it's just like, you know, isn't this rock and roll? But there again, if I'm in the right mood, I can listen to it. Um, and it's not right. offensive to me. It, it's not disgusting to me. It, I it's just kind of okay. Uh, it just right. comes across as just kind of okay, and uh, and that's what this song is. Definitely. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, going down. Uh, so th- this was one of his uh, singles that made the uh, top 10. Yep. Uh, going down. Um, I have a theory about this song. It's about excessive cunnilingus. <laughs> yeah. It's like, and you listen to it, and it's just like, you know, after a while, it's just like, you know, uh, sh- she has this thing that she likes Bruce Springsteen to do. But, <laughs> you know, but he just get, she but that's all she wants to do. And he just gets tired of it. And, uh, you know, it's like, yeah, I liked it the first hundred times. But the last nine hundred, it's uh, I, I got to come up for air and uh, maybe eat a meal every once in a while. <laughs> eat a real meal then huh (laughs) exactly exactly so uh so that's what this song's about very that's a very little uh, that's a little known fact about this song and uh, no it's not (laughs) 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 though i probably could convince people that it is (laughs) you know i bet you probably could (laughs) right right but uh it's i like this song i've always liked this song yeah um anyway your opinion uh Go ahead. So that's funny because this is the one song I actually don't like on the album. Um, I I listen to like you know the very beginning. There's like it's almost like Spanish guitar kind of thing. I love that. Yep. And then I then I always skip over it because I'm like okay because I it's really repetitive to me. I'm going down down. I'm just like oh my god. After like the first seventeen downs, I'm like all right, I get it. So <laughs> this is. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's a, it's excessive cunnilingus, and that's what exactly. he's trying to get across. Yeah, it's, but, it's um, too much. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And even as my 13 year old self, completely and utterly in love with Bruce Springsteen for the very first time, I would always skip over this song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, interesting. Yeah, I can see it is repetitive. There's like really no chord changes to it a lot of his songs are like that structurally bruce springsteen songs are very 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 simple Um, yes it gets into complexity because you have multiple instruments and lyrically uh most of his songs lyrically are absolutely brilliant Uh, yes yeah yeah 
Yeah. 13. Yeah, it was that long ago, 1984. I mean, it's hard to believe that this album is going to be 40 years old in three years. It's like, holy oh my shit. God, wow. I know. It, I wow. mean, it's, yeah, it's, it doesn't seem possible, but it's like. It really yeah. doesn't. Oi. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even want to think about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the next song, uh, Glory Days. Your turn. Okay, this is my second favorite song on the album. I absolutely love this song. Um, it's just everything about it to me is like the perfect rock and roll song. Um, even the video when it first came out, it just, um, I don't know. I, I love everything about this song. I do too, um, and also we play this in uh, our high, the high school band that uh, Chris is in, Live Wire. And, oh, cool. uh, yeah, and I play the bass line correctly. I am the only bass <laughs> player in about three counties that plays that bass line right. God darn it, I do. <laughs> do, 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 do. Do 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 do. I play that where most bass players will just go do do do. Do, do, do. So there you go, right there. You gotta have the full. The full gotta have line. that full ring to it, damn ya! And I tell yeah. you, my bass playing makes that song, so people freaking love it. Awesome. Uh, but yeah, but yeah, and I lyrically, it's good. It's uh, you know, of course, they're talking about glory days being their high school years. It's like, holy right. shit, really? God, <laughs> God. Stout says, thank God you're behind me when I'm singing because it does make the song. Thank you, Chris. Awesome. Thank you, Stout. I love it. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. And it's a fun song to play. Um, I guess I just, uh, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of times there's uh, people who were really good athletes back in high school who didn't really do much of anything prominent afterwards. Right. I guess we all know of people like that. Um, Yep. You know, it, it does make me think of what my glory days have been. And I don't know. I mean, I guess I, I think of back upon the middle 90s when I had a girlfriend that broke up with me. I was kind of in between jobs. I was working, but I didn't have any ties anywhere. The music was really good during that time. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of bad habits, but I think the <laughs> sense of freedom even though I wasn't particularly happy at the time, um, I think upon that that maybe those are my glory days because I was still young and just kind of uh, finding myself, if you will. Right. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I really feel like I have glory days per se. I think I just, I mean, I've always just tried living in whatever moment that I've sure. been in sure. and um, I don't know. So I, I, I love the idea though of like, I, I, like I think, I mean, obviously, you know, you think back to certain times, but I don't know that I, you know, it, it, like fondly, but I don't know that I think of them like as glory days, so to speak. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I mean, most of the memories I have are really, really good. Scott mm. just says, I want you to always be happy, Matthew. Oh, Aww, thank you, Scott. Awesome. And I want, and as everyone, I want everyone to be happy. And of course, we have our ebbs and flows in life. I mean, yeah. right now, I mean, uh, I am probably not going to change who I am that much. And I kind of like who I am. Mm-hmm. And so maybe these are my glory days. I don't know. I don't oh, know yeah. 
Yeah, I like that to... idea. Yeah. Like whatever days you're living in being your own glory days. I like that. Whoa. My, that's not my brain stuff. The times when I'm down, I don't share them with anybody, and I probably sh- should. That's my problem. Yeah, you should. You should. People, I mean, uh, there is always somebody there to listen. Uh, definitely. If you I definitely agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I so I like the you know the the girl that lives down the block who was a looker back in high school, and probably back in high school she wouldn't give him the time of day, but now her <laughs> high school boyfriend, uh, the later husband, has broke up with her. She has kids, so Bruce Springsteen goes by on Friday nights and drinks with her, and they hump. <laughs> yep. <laughs> So maybe that's, uh, you know, they talk about glory days, but maybe these are Bruce Springsteen's glory days. He's, you know, he's finally, he's sleeping, he's sleeping with the most popular girl he went to high school with. I like that interpretation of the song, head canon accepted. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, it, good song. Yeah, and probably it could be one of the, I, I typed in the little social media and the face thing. What's your favorite song off the album? And most people did put Glory Days. And yep. I, it, it, it could be mine, too. It could be mine. I in do fact, really I'll like it a lot. It. Yeah, I'll say it right now. Oh, cool. Glory Days is my favorite song off this album. Awesome. Yeah. How about Dancing in the Dak? Yeah. yeah. Is, is it my turn to go first? Yeah, I go keep right losing ahead. track. Okay. I, I, I still love this song. Um, it's one of those songs that should be old by now, like as far as like I've heard it a hundred billion times, but I still love it. And I do think it's because it's tied to that. For, this was my first Springsteen song and it's that nostalgia. Um, I just, I, I, and I also think it stands out because it does have like the eighties, um, like, like pop thing, but it's, it's not, I I don't think Uber dated. Maybe it's just because I'm an old lady and I don't think it's (laughs) Uber dated, but I do think it stands the test of time. And that's a good point. Yeah. And the nostalgic aspect, especially the video, it's, Mm. uh, Bruce Springsteen was criticized, uh, for being skinny and wimpy and, so Bruce Springsteen before this album or as this album was being put out, started to work out and get really fit. So what do we see? We see him in tight pants, yep. tight black pants, a, a shirt that just fits well enough, shaking his yep. ass. Mm-hmm. And then you see a very young, sweet Courtney Cox, who we didn't yes. know who she was at the time. This was, uh, you, you know, uh, pre-eating disorder, pre-plastic surgery, Courtney Cox. Right. And, and uh, you know, it is. It's really, really sweet. And probably every girl in America, 13-year-old girl in America, wanted to be pulled <laughs> up on stage by Bruce Springsteen. Oh, he, yes, we did. While he shook his, while he shook his ass that fit perfectly in yep. those, uh, those uh, jeans that he was wearing. Yeah. And, yep, uh, Definitely. Yeah, and it's it's nice to actually watch this vi- that video because it is it is kind of sweet and it does kind of bring you back to a time uh, that was just nice. I mean, I just remember yeah. looking seeing that video and it was nice. Now the song itself, uh, Bruce Springsteen for Nebraska and born in the USA wrote like an ungodly amount of songs, like seventy yes. songs. Yes. Yep. 
And so they're wrapping up this album and the producer comes to Bruce Springsteen and says, we need a hit single. This, <laughs> And Bruce Springsteen storms out, says, I have 70 songs and you want me to write another one? And he like stormed out of there. And, but then what he did is he came back early in the next morning and wrote this song on the spot. It has that feel to it lyrically because I don't yeah. know where this song goes lyrically. It is all over the freaking place. He's an <laughs> author. He's trying to write a book. Uh, he, is he a gun for hire? He lives in a dump. I mean, what? The, I don't know what's going on with this song. He definitely works nights. I get up in the evening and I ain't yeah. got nothing yeah. to say. Yeah, and I ain't got nothing <laughs> to say. I come home in the morning. I go to bed feeling the same way. But if he's trying to write a book, where's he going? I mean, <laughs> and he lives in a di- I, I don't get it. I, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. I need I need something more. I need something more from this song. I don't know what it is. But the beat of it is, I mean, it is. It's a hit single. I mean, yeah. It, yeah. 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 There is no denying that. <laughs> yeah. And it's really not a typical Bruce Springsteen song. There's not another Bruce Springsteen song out there like this one not even close. agreed not agreed even close. yeah actually i had more to say about that than i thought uh, but yeah i only have one more thing that that i found um i didn't ha- i didn't find what what you were just saying that, that that's really cool about him <laughs> kind of being back against the wall to write the song and he didn't want to um yeah. but if you have ever watched the fresh prince of bel-air um mm-hmm. you know carlton he has his carlton dance yep he got that. He he mimicked um, Courtney Cox and Bruce Springsteen's like you know white people dance, and that's where he got that he got the idea for the Carlton dance, which I thought was really funny. <laughs> the Carlton dance came from <laughs> yes, <that>. yes. <laughs> so I've, that's like I the found best that out today. I've and, heard in a while. Oh my yeah. gosh, it just made me so happy because that's yeah. my favorite gif like ever is the Carlton dance. Um, so it just mm-hmm. made me happy to know that that's where he got it from. Stout just typed in the lyric, uh, I want to change my clothes, my hair, my face. And actually, that's a very, and that, yeah, and that's a lyric that stands out in this song, and it's powerful. Yes, yes, Um, definitely. You know, but basically, it's this upbeat kind of song. When you see the video, you think he's, like, happy, but the Mm -hmm. lyrics are anything but. And it it does, it starts out very the opposite of what you think you're going to start hearing, you know? Yeah, it, I, I just, yeah. 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 So it's like, okay, you want a hit song? I'm going to write this upbeat, seemingly upbeat song, but it's going to have lyrics that are all over the place that mm. are actually kind of schizophrenic or something. You know? Actually, a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And we finish this album with My Hometown. Um, I liked it back in the day. I listen to it now. It tells a really good story, but it makes me think of like adult listening radio stations early in the morning, <laughs> kind of like shop and save type stuff. I right. It's just kind of there. Then I think of like John Mellencamp's small town and I'm like, <sighs> You know, I these songs don't really make me. I, I see their purpose, but they don't really make me feel anything. Uh, I guess that's that's uh, it's it's fine. This song's fine. Yeah, yeah I I I like this song. Um, 
I, I think I, I, I like what you were just saying um, when you were talking about uh, John Mellencamp, John Cougar Mellencamp. He's Mellon, just Mellencamp now, right? Um, right. I, to, if, if I remember correctly, I, I think this was like the first of those types of songs. Uh, my it hometown, was. I mean, yeah, it was. and it yeah. kind of like started that not not genre of music, but like that you know theme of song, um, yeah. at least yeah. for several years. <laughs> well, and, they, and it unfairly kind of tied the two together because, I mean, it's like Stout Mellencamp was way after. Don't give Mellencamp any type of respect when it comes to Bruce. It is, <laughs> and I I tend to agree. It's just yeah. like they were tied together. I you know kind of put in the genre of like Heartland music. And right. It's just like oh god, please no, John Mellencamp, such a freaking bonehead. I mean, no, <laughs> please don't. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So, but you're right. I mean, they're both commercial artists that had popular albums around the time and it's understandable why they were lumped together. I'll, I'll say yep. that. I'll say that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. But I think yep. that, uh, that this song paved the way for, you know, Mellencamp for sure. In oh, my sure. Opinion. Yeah. No question. And I mean, I guess there's some, there's some good John Mellencamp out there. I mean, it's oh, sure. I mean, I, I'll say that, but to me, it's just like, if you're going to compare, there's no comparison between the two. I mean, uh, as I said before, Bruce Springsteen is, without a doubt, one of the best American songwriters ever. I mean, yes. you think of all the songs that he's written that other people have done that are, uh, I mean, like Dylan, uh, just really, really good songwriters. Yep. Uh, so so um, before I rate this album, I <sighs> Bruce Springsteen is just a he's a confusing person for me because at, there's a part of me that really respects him. Mm -hmm. And when I see an interview with him on TV, I make sure I look at it. There's a lot of songs by him that I absolutely adore. However, there's a little bit of hypocrisy in some of the stuff that he preaches. For example, I mentioned how he wrote 70 songs for Nebraska and Born in the USA. And everyone's like, oh, Nebraska. He did that with a four-track recorder in his studio. Isn't that just amazing? Wow. But it's like, okay, he was in the foothills of, like, Beverly Hills. That's where his house was. <laughs> so he's writing all these songs about Americana and working-class struggle. And meanwhile, <laughs> right. he's in his Beverly Hills studio. So I'm like, there, something just seems off there. And yep. I don't question his sincerity behind these songs, but it'd be way cooler if he had his house in New Jersey. <laughs> yeah yeah that, and if this uh studio four track thing that he did for nebraska was like in his garage on like some suburban street outside of newark or something you know? right <laughs> yeah 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 instead and of uh in the middle of beverly hills somewhere <laughs> exactly you know i guess he stout just said he i guess he still has always kept his house in freehold new jersey you know great oh, that's cool great Great, great. But I mean, he and he is true to his roots. Obviously, in this his obviously in his songwriting, his roots are very, very important to him. So hats yeah. off to him. Hats off yeah, to I, him. Yeah. 
Um, I uh, read his uh, his memoir um, maybe like a year or so ago, and he said, "I wish I could remember the exact quote, but it was something like um, he spent his entire life watching his dad put on his work clothes and go out to work, mm-hmm. and then." All he did was sing about it, <laughs> like, like, <laughs> which I thought was interesting that like he has never had that kind of life where he has been a blue collar worker. So right. I, right. I, I feel like I know that he and his dad had like a really contentious relationship, but I think that that's kind of how he showed his admiration for for his dad by like singing about him and and like what he was uh, having to go through. Yes. And that's a good way to put it. And yeah. And I've never, and I never thought Springsteen's full of shit and musicians, (laughs) musicians that become rich and famous. Great. I feel like Bruce Springsteen can get political, but he's not obnoxiously political. I agree Uh, with that. And that I appreciate. It's just like, he's clear about who he supports as far as political candidates are concerned, but it's not like, you know, Bono uh, in YouTube. Oh, that, right. it, that it's just like, it's so constant that after a while you're just like, will you guys just shut up? You know, <laughs> uh, sip your wine in the south of France where you're living uh, so you don't have to pay taxes, you hypocritical assholes. And, <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, that's a whole other story. So, yeah. Uh, you know, he sang at. Uh, uh, Obama's inauguration with Pete Seeger and uh, singing this land is your land. And uh, to me, that's just like, that's awesome. That stuff like that is great. Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, Matt, we're not rich and famous yet. And I thought we were musicians. Uh, we are musicians. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we're not famous yet. Well, yeah. Cause we signed a, we, we have a pact, uh, uh, Stout and I that we're going to play music, but damn it, we're not going to sell out, and we're going to we're going to play for our fans, and we're never going to get rich. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have the same pact about my writing. So <laughs> exactly, there you go, there you go. We're we're, we're not no one no one can accuse us of being sellouts. Damn it, <laughs> damn right, <laughs> damn right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I. Yeah, so I mean, and there's some Bruce Springsteen stuff out there that is absolutely atrocious. It's bad. Uh, Oh yeah, but but he has, uh, but he's a prolific songwriter. There's just so Mm -hmm. much material, and a lot of what he has put out is is wonderful. Nebraska is my favorite Springsteen album. Yes, uh, me too, definitely. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Chris Stout just said, uh, C Stout just said, 57 channels in. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was, yeah. <laughs> that was pretty bad. Was pretty I remember bad. when that came out and I'm like, ooh, no, uh, we should not yeah. be doing this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. So this album, um, actually, before I rate it, I'm going to let you go on your kind of final thoughts. Oh, um, Oh wow! I had I had not prepared any final thoughts. I'm sorry. I am not being a very good co-host right now. That is okay. That is okay. <laughs> Other than like you know, obviously my fangirl love of the album. I think I if anyone ever says asks me, hey, what is your favorite album? This is the one I always come up with first, and I do think it's just that initial emotional connection to it. I can't quite separate like all of that um, to be objective about it. Um, so I guess that's my wrapping so it up. That's kind, of, <laughs> that's kind of you're wrapping it up. Uh, so 
Uh, when you listen to it now compared to when you were 13, are there any differences uh, in your feeling towards it? Or when you listen to it now, do you turn into a 13-year-old girl again? <laughs> um, if you do, you found if, the fountain of youth or like I, time traveling or something. But It's yeah. so funny you should ask because it's it's been a while since I – because, I mean, I'm, I'm a Spotify gal now and I've got songs on you know playlists. So it's the first time I'd heard the entire album straight through for quite a while. Um, and it really did bring me back to, you know, that very first time I heard it. Um, so I guess I would say when I'm hearing individual songs, I, I can like appreciate them for what they are to me as a 51 year old human being. But when I was listening to the entire album, okay, five times in a row <laughs> today, <laughs> I, I was, I was 13 again. Oh, no kidding. So, okay. Cool. Yeah. It was, it was very cool. That is cool. That is cool. Yeah. So back in the day, I would have said, uh, I mean, like I said, I listened to the the shit out of this album for a long period of time, really from eighth grade into my sophomore year of high school. Mm-hmm. And then I just stopped listening to it and really never gave it any uh I mean, I didn't even consider listening to this album again until I uh, decided to do a review. Oh, right. Um, wow. So, yeah. So it, it really had been that long. Uh, so listening to it again, I'm like, huh. And I didn't really know. I knew I wouldn't, you know, hate it or be over or too overly critical of it. Um, mm-hmm. I think back when I had it, I would have said it was my favorite album. It's certainly my favorite uh, Springsteen album. Mm-hmm. As I just mentioned, now it's uh, I've discovered more of Springsteen's music, and uh, right. Uh, so it's not my favorite. It's not my favorite Springsteen album. I don't even know if it's in the top three. Right. Uh, I think of like his earlier stuff with the 10th Avenue freeze out and just all those just really, really, really good songs. Um, uh, and if I'm, you know, rating it through one through 10, you know, going back to the albums that we rated and this is what I do. Cause I'm kind of comparing the albums as I go along. We did purple right. rain, which I put a seven to, uh like a virgin yeah we did review that (laughs) (laughs) i Um, heard that one yeah yeah uh that one's a four uh for me Mm -hmm. then we did def leopard pyromania uh that one's like a six for me maybe and uh still it's like oh come on it's higher than that in la now it's a six i mean i don't even know if i can go six and a half to that one and then we did (laughs) The Cure Disintegration, which that one I thought I'd come in with a nine. But after I listened to it, I lowered that to an eight. Peter Gabriel So was the last one. That was an 8.5. So that's kind of what uh, the ratings have been so far. So you kind of get an idea of where I place this one. This one, I've been hovering between like... Uh, is it an eight or is it a 7.5? And I said, you know what? I'm going to give this one a weird one. It's going to be a 7.75. <laughs> <laughs> Seven and three quatches. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's not, I mean, uh, again, this has to do with my own personal preference as well. Right. Uh, the cure disintegrations an eight. I like the cure disintegration uh, just that much better than this album. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, 
Well, I think in that case, I think I will give this an 8.75. An 8.75? An mm-hmm. 8.75 because I'm trying to take that whole emotional connection out of it. Um, and as you mentioned, um, Nebraska is a superior album. So I have to give room for Nebraska to be superior while still loving Born in the USA. So I'm going to I'm gonna say 8.85. No, 8.75. 8.75. Yeah. 8.75. Very, very good. Good. Oh, thanks, Stout. This has been a nice Saturday show. Thank you. Thank oh, you. thanks. Yeah. I, oh, and um, I really enjoyed your guys' review of um, Peter Gabriel. I listened to it on Spotify. And um, oh, my gosh, that's another one that I really love. And mm-hmm. I enjoyed that show that you guys did. Thanks. Yeah. That one, uh, the Peter Gabriel one was when I found out the meaning or what inspired the songs, it made me... Mm really do some research behind yeah. the song. I mean, it really made me dig deeper. Uh, there's a lot of depth in uh, in that in that album, in the making of that yeah. album. Yeah, I had never heard, uh, never known what, uh, we, we do what we're told, what you were uh, saying, that what that was about, about those experiments. Mm-hmm. Holy right. cow, that was mind-blowing to me. <laughs> oh, yeah, creepy as hell. Yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah it's uh, so. I mean, in kind of in the scope of just American songwriters and performers, and I'm thinking of uh, folk protest type uh, singers. I think of like Woody Guthrie, Bob Dylan, mm-hmm. and I do put Bruce Springsteen into this group. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, Bob Dylan and Woody Guthrie are compared. And maybe early on, because stylistically, the way Dylan approached songs with his guitar and structure of songs was very much Woody Guthrie-esque. However, Mm -hmm. Woody Guthrie was just a true storyteller of Americana, Mm -hmm. where Bob Dylan's work isn't. Uh, it's, It's more poetic. As yes. I said before, it's he's not so much a storyteller. He's more of a poet. Bruce Agreed. Springsteen is a storyteller in the same regard as Woody Guthrie was. So I think there are more parallels to Woody Guthrie and Bruce uh, Springsteen than Woody Guthrie and Bob Dylan. Uh, but uh, I agree with fun. that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Woody Guthrie, I have some albums here. Some Saturday night, I'll just play some Woody Guthrie. Uh uh, but oh, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but and as time goes on and Bruce Springsteen is no longer on this planet, we're no longer on this planet. I believe Bruce Springsteen will be spoken about in the same vein as Woody Guthrie. I mean, the Smithsonian yep. put out a whole catalog of Woody Guthrie music, and I believe uh something similar will happen to Bruce Springsteen works many, many years uh, after he's uh, no longer on this planet. Yep. I a hundred percent agree. Yeah. 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 Uh, Bob is not a poet says stout no more than no more, no more than Morrison. Oh yeah. Jim Morrison was a poet that (laughs) I have to say, I, I had a phase where I thought Jim Morrison was just the shit. And now it didn't take long for me to realize, no, he was just shit. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I, oh. I went through the same phase, uh, like uh, probably late in high school. I think I was like a yep. senior in high school. And then, and then it's like, <laughs> you know what? And I still appreciate Doors music, but it's oh, like, sure. 
Uh, but I don't think I don't believe Jim Morrison was <laughs> ingenious ah. by any stretch of the imagination. No. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> nope. He, yeah, he was just a gifted white boy who did a lot of drugs. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yep, and drank an awful lot of what was it? Whiskey? What was his? I don't remember now. But uh, yeah, whiskey. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Yeah, yeah. Basically, anything he could get his hands on. Yeah. Yep. Good. Well, thank you for joining me for this show. This was. Awesome. Oh, thanks for inviting me. This was a lot of fun. Absolutely. We'll have to think of uh, another one to do later, uh, another show. I mean, we've done. Yeah. So I've interviewed you about your book. Mm -hmm. uh, we did the Guilty Pleasure TV show. Uh, yes. That, that was very well received. That was a great show. Oh, cool. That was a lot of fun. That was. And this one, too, which was a lot of fun. So, yeah. Uh, so we'll have to kind of uh, think about what we're going to do next and uh, whatever it's going to be, whatever it's going to be. I know it will be a great time. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Exactly. Anytime. Uh, to the rest of you, thank you for listening and uh, have a good evening. And I'll be back on Tuesday night with my regular live show. And love you all. And until next time, and thank you again, RJ Keller. Thank you. Yeah, have a good night.